Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and I'm excited to welcome the Assistant Director of Sports Ministry at Baylor's George W. Truitt Theological Seminary, Paul Putz, to help us better understand how to do ministry in the sport industry. Paul, how are you? Doing great, Noah. Thanks for having me on. Um, I love what y'all do with USG, so I'm excited to talk with you. Absolutely, Paul. And Paul, start us off. Many people often think ministry can only be done in the church or on mission trips, but what is ministry from a biblical lens? Yeah, we're, we're starting off big, huh? (laughs) Um, so, so I think the, maybe a good way to think of it from a biblical lens is to say, uh, where do we start in scripture to begin to understand what ministry is? Mm -hmm. And, and I would also say, um, the, the word ministry, um, how we think of it, um, oftentimes it's really this idea of mission, right? It's about proclaiming who Jesus Christ is and inviting mm-hmm. others into that relationship. Mm-hmm. That piece, though, that piece of who Jesus Christ is, it only makes sense in relation to the scripture that's given to us, right? The yep. whole story from Genesis to Revelation. Yep. So I think if, if we want a biblical lens on ministry, we have to start in Genesis, right? We have to go back to the very beginning. Yeah. And, and once we start at the beginning, then we can figure out, well, who is this Jesus and why is he so important and what mm-hmm. is it that he's done yeah. and how should this change my life and how I live now? And, and if we start in Genesis, what we see is that there's this good world that God made and he gave us a task. Even in Genesis 1, he gives human beings a task. Yeah. And, and that task is to be fruitful and multiply, to care for the earth, to subdue it. It's this sort of language yeah. of being the caretakers of the world that God made. Yeah. And, and that task was given to, to human beings. This is before sin entered the world, mm-hmm. right? This is before the fall. Mm-hmm. And so it reflects God's original design for the world, mm-hmm. which is for human beings to live, to care for each other, to fill the earth. Yeah. Um, that word subdue, um, a lot of scholars and theologians would say this This mm-hmm. reflects this idea of cultivating the earth to bring out its goodness. Yeah. And, and also it reflects this idea of potential, mm-hmm. right? There's this earth that needs to be filled. So God yeah. didn't just say, hey, well, I'm good, we're done. Mm-hmm. Humans, you have nothing to do. No, he said, I'm going to give you work to do. I'm yeah. going to give you a task. Mm-hmm. And so if we start off with that beginning, which is the world that God made. Mm-hmm. We live in it. But from the very beginning, it was God's world. Yeah. A task that he gave us, which is to work and care for it. Then we can start to make sense of what is what is ministry, what is mission. Yeah. So we move on to the narrative, right? We know there's a fall. We know there's brokenness. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what we were called to do, um, Adam and Eve didn't do it. Right. And, and, and because of that, there's a need to repair for, mm-hmm. for, for a reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And that's where Jesus Christ enters the picture. Yeah. 
Jesus is the one who reconciles what is broken. Yeah. Jesus is the one through whom we can actually be restored to God's original vision yeah. for what it means, what he's called us to do, the task that he's given us on earth. Mm -hmm. And so when we, when we think of ministry as calling people back to Jesus Christ through whom we can recover this original vision for living in the world, um, that, that I think mm -hmm. gets at a biblical sense of what mission is. And of course, there's a final destination. If we, if we go to the book of Revelations, uh, Revelations 21 to 22, we see yeah. that there's going to be uh, new heavens and new earth coming together, mm -hmm. right? So there's a sense in which um, God's good world that we live in, that Jesus Christ came to save, and that we get to, 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 by accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior, we get to actually point people mm. to this, this reality of what the Bible tells us. Um, that, that, that vision is a world that, a vision that affirms the goodness of the world, mm. affirms the goodness of God's original design. When we think of ministry in that way, it means every single part of the world yeah. ultimately belongs to God. Yeah. Every single thing we do or task that we've been given mm. is a task that belongs under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I don't think we can get that comprehensive vision for, for, for ministry unless we get a sense of just the scope of, of God's vision for uh, his task for us. And so, so I think that the, the first place I start the biblical lens is to say, start in Genesis and even look to where we're going, look to yeah. Revelation for the conclusion. Totally. We're in between. And so that helps us to, to find our place on the map when it comes to ministry. Yeah, Paul, absolutely, brother. And I think hit on some really key points of just, I think what I got from that the most is that how big of a deal it is to be in ministry. Um, I think sometimes we feel like, oh, sharing my faith is such a personal thing. Like, no, all of us are, are supposed to, to know God. That was the original design. Uh, so I really appreciate you sharing that point. I think it just does help us understand um, how important this calling from God is as believers to be um, constantly on mission. So I think that's awesome. And Paul, kind of going off that, I've heard the phrase many times, even said it myself, uh, I feel called to ministry. That's a very common phrase um, for young adults who feel called uh, to ministry. My question to you is, are just some people called to ministry, or does the Bible call every Christian into ministry? You know, that's, it, the, I think the word ministry, um, we, if we, 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 we want to think about how we define it to answer mm -hmm. that question, because the truth is that the church is really important, and the yeah. Bible does designate certain roles to to, to the church is sort of a, um, a, his his vision for for the the community of the kingdom of God right so yeah. we have he has roles for elders and mm -hmm. and pastors and and deacons you know so so we do see that there are specific roles yeah. designated for those who are going to lead the believers in instruction yep. and exhortation and and so in that sense there is a church ministry that God has set apart there too depending on your tradition, you might focus on the sacraments like baptism and the mm -hmm. Lord's Supper, right? These are sort of core sacraments tied to the ministry of the church. Yeah. So we say that, yes, there, there, there are, there's a specific calling. And if you're called to be in a church setting, leading the people of God, mm -hmm. that's a high calling. That's a high responsibility. Yeah. But if we're thinking of ministry in terms of this mission God has given all followers of Christ, and that's the way I think most ministries use this word. That's how I use this word. Yeah. We have a sports ministry program here at True Seminary. We're thinking of ministry not in, necessarily in terms of placing everyone in a church. We're mm -hmm. thinking of ministry in terms of sending people out into the world, 
into maybe a sports ministry organization, into a college athletic department, into a social work organization. So, so we're thinking of ministry in a comprehensive sense. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. in that sense, all Christians are called to ministry. Mm-hmm. All of us are called to live life before God. If, if, yeah. if our original task that God gave us was, was to work and to unfold this potential that God built into creation, but because of sin, that, that task was distorted and twisted, and so it required Jesus Christ to, to come and reconcile all things once again, yeah. then, then we have a responsibility to tell people mm. about this Jesus mm. who has come to restore and, and really recover our purpose. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a chance for us to invite people into the true story of the world that all of us live in. So I would say um, all, all, all Christians, no matter where you're at, if, yeah. if, if you're in a, a quote-unquote secular setting, if you work in a sports ministry organization, you are called to, to do ministry mm-hmm. in a certain sense. There is no you know, sacred, secular divide because all of the world is God's and belongs to him. Yeah. And, and the task that he's given us involves living in it in a faithful way mm-hmm. that calls others to him. Absolutely, Paul. And I love how you keep using the word task because I do think our purpose is rooted and defined in Christ. It's rooted and defined in that we do belong to God, especially as professing believers. He is our master above all else. Um, so I think for our listeners who are desiring to be in the sport industry, desiring to have a career, and there are obviously tasks and other masters that are a part of um, that desire to be in sports, but there is no task or master higher than the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think you're making great points on um, how we should be inviting people into the true story. I think there is... Uh, just so much power in that. Uh, there's so much freedom in, in sharing uh, with people that that truth, right? And I think if we reflect on those people that shared that truth with us and how much that changed our lives, I think we see the impact of doing the same for others. So, Paul, it's great to to hear that from you, and I appreciate you sharing. Yeah. And, Paul, what are some ways that young professionals in sports specifically can prepare to share their faith in the industry? I'll, I'll keep it somewhat simple here. Um, I think that it's, I, I, I want to say this, I, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little hesitant sometimes about the focus on techniques, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Not that they're not helpful right. because there, there's a reason that you can, you, you can identify like, here's a four step mm-hmm. process to, to share your faith or yep. whatever. Yep. Techniques might have their purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say though, is that before we start with techniques, let's let's figure out how who are we and what are we growing into mm-hmm. all of us are are people who are our spiritual formation is in process right yeah. we're we're claimed by christ for a christian and and yet we still we live in this this in between right the already and not yet tension where um, you know paul writes about this in romans where we 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 are desire to do good and yet we also have this part of us that this shadow side that yeah. hasn't been fully sanctified right mm-hmm. uh, right yet and so so part of the christian life mm-hmm. is us living and, and yeah. growing in our faith yeah. relying on christ to change us through the power of the holy spirit mm-hmm. and in that process i think that that there needs to be both a commitment to growth mm-hmm. and a recognition of our reliance on god and on others yeah so with that said when it comes to sharing your faith i think it, it starts with Am I being formed to reflect the fruits of the Spirit? Yeah. In fact, even that word, like the, if you think about the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, that even connects back to Genesis, right? What yeah. is the original task that God gives us in Genesis 1? 
he gives a task to cultivate and care for the earth, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very, it's a, it's a, there's farm imagery here, right? Of cultivating yeah. the land. Wow. You think about what's, what's being unfolded there. It's the physical fruits and in, in, in plants and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. In the New Testament, the task is to cultivate the fruits of the spirit so that, that they, they live in us, but they're expressed in community and in mm -hmm. relationship with others. So it's always a, it's always a love God, love others. Mm -hmm. and, and then ourselves are part of that too. Yeah. So if we're thinking about, how am I growing in Christ likeness and am I in community with other believers? Cause that's essential yeah. so that they can encourage me. They can, mm -hmm. they can challenge me if I need to be challenged. Yeah. They can lift me up when I'm struggling, um, get in those spaces mm -hmm. and find those communities. And if you do those things, if, if, if you're, if you're, you're, you're being formed to, to in, in striving to grow in Christ likeness mm -hmm. through God's grace, yeah. if you're with fellow Christians, living in community with them in the messiness of it right because it will be messy yeah then i think that's a starting point for you to begin to share your faith with others and when what will happen is is that it, it, it will happen um not necessarily organically because mm -hmm. it's it's weird to share your faith right yeah um, in some cases and that's okay it can be awkward totally um, but in other cases it will happen organically because it will be an expression of who you really are and mm -hmm. how you really live yeah if christ has claimed you mm -hmm. If all of life is lived before God, if even your daily tasks should reflect, uh, you know, this this recognition mm -hmm. that you're living for Christ, yeah, then ultimately that that should come out in your work, just in conversations and unforced ways. Mm -hmm. um, you'll be talking about things yeah. um, that 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 reflect your Christian identity, yeah. and it doesn't doesn't mean that every time you talk about Christ, you give an altar call. Right. It doesn't mean that, you know, right. Every conversation you're just trying to like, how mm -hmm. do I twist this into, how do I, how do I say just the right thing to, mm -hmm. to get my coworker to see this? No, but yeah. it's living authentically mm -hmm. in a way that reflects like, Hey, this is my identity. And, and I'll say this too. I think, I think in our, in our current age, I'm thinking of the United States, mm -hmm. there are both, there are both challenges to living out your faith in sort of a, a workplace environment, if that's, yeah. if that's your situation. But there's also um, some opportunities, mm. particularly in this idea of identity. Yeah. Because we live in a society that's very much about being non-judgmental, right? We don't want to say this is right or this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Live your story, you know, just be who you are. That's kind of the ethos, the culture. Yeah. And so if you as a Christian are simply living out your Christian identity, if you are mm. simply letting that shape who you are and how you yeah. talk and how you live and how you act there's mm -hmm. a sense in which there's some space for that to be ex accepted and even expected yeah that of course if this is so essential to who you are shouldn't people know that totally and so i think it's simply about um living authentically before others mm -hmm. what's really happening in your life and if christian faith really matters to you if you really are following christ then that itself mm -hmm. should be preparing you to, to share your faith. Absolutely, Paul. I love your point, too. It is how important living like Christ really is. I don't think we often think about how important our witness is. Uh, I think it Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus tells his disciples that they will be witnesses uh, throughout Judea and Samaria and how important that really is. And I reflect on that verse all the time of what is my witness like? What am I showing people through my actions? Because I can say, as you said, all the right things. I can have a really good gospel presentation nailed down in my mind. But if I'm not living how Christ is, um, it's going to be hard for people to truly want to uh, understand more and want to really seek Christ.
Um, I think a big thing too, I always try to preach to myself, um, is that we are not responsible for saving people. We are responsible for sharing, um, for being witnesses. However, it is Christ that draws people to himself, um, and he is the one that saves. So I think that takes a weight off my shoulders, at least, when I think about evangelism and sharing my faith, that I will not be responsible um, for saving someone. I am responsible for sharing my faith and being a witness. However, it is God's power that saves. So I think having that in the back of our minds, too, almost frees us up to be like, I, I can share my faith, and I'll trust that God I will water the seed that's planted, um, and it will it will grow fruit if he desires. I think that's great yeah. points, Paul, and I appreciate you sharing. Yeah, that's you know that verse. Um, the chariots are ready for battle, the, ready for for battle, but the battle belongs to the Lord. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm butchering it here, but that's the idea, right? We're 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 called to 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 live faithfully, yeah, and ultimately Christ is in control. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's that's exactly right. And I yeah. w- one other thing I would add too, um, you articulated there these these constant this constant tension we live in. If there's one idea I'd, w- I'd want to to put forward when it comes to ministry or mission, yeah, it's that that um, even as we're we, we have a hope, a sure hope in Christ, mm-hmm. because of our the world that we live in, where there's there's still this brokenness, it's not fully redeemed or restored yet. Um, we ourselves don't perfectly represent who Christ is, and we ourselves can can um, find ourselves, uh, you know. Maybe thinking we're doing the right thing, but we're not. Right. And so I think that's an opportunity for us to mm-hmm. live in the tension, the ambiguity of, of as you put it, um, wanting to strive to be like Christ, but recognizing we won't fully do that. Yeah. It's the whole, like, the faith in works, right? Uh, yeah. Faith without works is dead, is what James tells us. And yet we mm-hmm. also know that our salvation is solely in Christ alone. Right. And how do those things go together? Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of biblical ideas mm-hmm that are about holding these things that seem like a paradox together yeah. um, as true. You talk yeah. about the Trinity. Totally. Um, you talk about Jesus Christ is fully God and fully human. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the ideas I've been talking about of, 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 of sort of salvation being right now, and yet it's full realization will come in the future, the already not yet tension. Yeah. Living in those spaces should give us some grace mm-hmm. to know that it's not about our performance yeah. to, to become the, you know, the, 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 the varsity level Christian, the elite Christian. It's yeah, not about that. Absolutely. But that shouldn't get us off the hook either mm-hmm. because scripture clearly calls us to strive to live in such a way that we would give a witness to Christ. Yeah. And so somehow both of those things are true that it's not about our performance and yet Christ calls us mm-hmm. to live in a way that reflects him. And, and we have to rely on God's grace to be able to do that. Absolutely. I do think part of the reason those things are hard to understand is just the point you made. It is relying on God's grace um, and understanding that our place is to be a witness, but also that we will never be perfect performers of being just like Christ. Um, and I think those are great points to really meditate on um, for our young listeners as well. I appreciate that so much, Paul. And you sort of mentioned a few of them, but what are some of the most common barriers to individuals feeling willing or able to share their faith, and how can uh, young professionals overcome those barriers? I think there's, it, you know, it depends on the person, but but there's uncertainty yeah um sometimes there's a sense of uh it can it can often be personality driven you can Mm -hmm. you can be around someone who who like they're they seem so easy and natural for them to be able to to share their faith and it doesn't quite fit you right um and so there's a sense of a lack of confidence there Mm -hmm. 
sometimes there can be shame because you look yeah. at your own life and you're like, I don't have this together. I have all these yeah. sins I'm struggling with. Mm. I claim to follow Christ, but I know in my heart what goes on. Mm-hmm. So that sense of shame can cause people to say, well, how can I yeah. tell people to follow Jesus? And I'm barely doing it myself. Mm. Um, there's identity issues. There's also, you know, there's 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 some, some cultural issues, certain industries that you're in or certain jobs that you're in. Yeah. You might feel like if I'm too upfront with with being a Christ follower, maybe that hurts my career chances. Mm-hmm. And and you know, so there's all sorts of reasons yeah. um, to to have barriers. I think another one though is sometimes the way the expectations that we place mm-hmm. on people to evangelize yeah. can be in sort of a cookie cutter mold where it's like totally. you have to present the gospel in this particular way. You have to pre- you have to you know get people to say these particular words mm-hmm. specifically. Instead of thinking about Christian witness, again, in a holistic way that is grounded in who you really are and in how you're really living. And so I would say a good way to, to think about, um, you know, how, how, we, how we deal with those barriers mm-hmm. um, is to, to, again, give ourselves grace, recognize that context matters yeah. depending on your own personality, depending on the gifts God has given mm-hmm. you, depending on the location that you're at you might be called to minister in different ways. Now, all of us are called to give an account for who Christ is, right? Totally. Uh, First Peter tells us to always be prepared to give an answer mm-hmm. to anyone who asks us for the hope that you have. Mm-hmm. So all of us all of us need to, to have that. Yeah. But it's also clear in scripture that there's different roles given. Some people yeah. are called to be very out there in terms of evangelism. Mm-hmm. Other people are, they're working and using their money to support yeah. the, the people who are sort of the out there evangelists. Mm-hmm. And others are, are ministering and, in, in sort of behind the scenes ways. Uh, yeah. And so I would say, don't get yourself down if you don't seem to fit a particular mold yeah. for what it means to share your faith. Mm-hmm. But instead think about um, what are what, what are the gifts that God has given you, the spaces God has placed you, yeah. particularly the people in your life. Totally. And how are you living um, in relationship with them? Mm-hmm. Um, because simply by interacting with them, ideally your faith would come out. Right. And then are you praying? Um, are you are you trusting that God would would yeah. help you to be able to 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 not necessarily know what to say in every moment, right. but just that you'd be prepared yeah. so that naturally, organically, mm-hmm. in situations, you would be expressing who you are in Christ, totally. and others would find that compelling. Hopefully, yeah, through the Holy Spirit, because it's nothing that you can do yourself. Yeah, absolutely, Paul. And I think just really uh, reflecting on the fact that we're all called the different parts of ministry. It's not a cookie cutter mold. I think that's so important because we are all created differently. Uh, God has given us different gifts. Think of 1 Peter 4.10, um, just that reality that we have gifts that are different across the board as human beings. Um, and as part of as being a part of God's kingdom, uh, those vary as well. So great point. I think really just prayer is, is huge too. You mentioned that. Um, we actually have an acronym that we often share with our young professionals um, of praying for Bob daily, B-O-B. Uh, the first B meaning burden, praying for a burden for the lost. Um, the second, the O being opportunities. You pray uh, for opportunities to arise to be able to share your faith. And then the last B of boldness. Allow the Holy Spirit to give you the boldness to share when those opportunities arise. And um, that's a prayer I try to pray. If I'm being totally honest, I think the hardest one for me is having a burden um, for, for the lost. I think we get so just caught up in, oh yeah, I'm a Christian and this is my my walk, and we get kind of uh, lackadaisical in, in the understanding of there are lost people in this world. Um, and if we don't have the urge to share our faith, they may uh, miss eternity with, with Christ. And I think that is 
something I've been trying to meditate on myself, and I think for all of us as believers, that's an important reality um, that we need to share our faith confidently um, and however God calls us to because it's really, really important. So it's good stuff, though, Paul. I appreciate you sharing. It's awesome. And you sort of mentioned it a little bit in that answer as well, but the sport industry is one of those areas where sometimes um, being super open about your faith can actually hurt your career chances. So kind of share a little bit how to navigate the balance of being faithful um, and really trusting and following Christ, but also giving yourself a chance to have success in sports. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, that that would be a, a I think uh, another area where context is really important and mm-hmm. where there isn't a cookie cutter answer here. Yeah. Um, but I would say the the first way to think about it, mm-hmm. I think, is to say in sports. If you're called to work in sports, mm-hmm. you're called to work in the sports industry. Yep. I would start by saying, how does that work reflect yeah. God's original design for the task mm-hmm. he's given to human beings? We're going to go back to Genesis 1 here. And if we go back to Genesis 1, again, the very first thing God has called us to do is to, to care for the earth, right? Fill us and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, bring out its flourishing. Cultivate what is good. And so if you're working in the sports industry, uh, your first kind of your, your, your first sense of what would God have me do here, I think can be, I can enter into this space in a way that seeks the good of others, that mm-hmm. seeks the flourishing of others. And yeah. if you see work as sacred, and, and I think all Christians should, yeah. um, as long as, of course, it's work that leads towards good, there are some jobs that I think, uh, you know, blatant sin that Christians should never be right. involved in, but, but work that is ultimately for the good of others, mm-hmm. Christians should see all of that as, as part of their Christian responsibility. Right. And so in sports, how are you in this space, participating in it, working in it, in a way that, that reflects God's original um, call for Christians? Yeah. But then also that reflects the, re- the fact that Jesus came, died, and rose again, mm-hmm. and has called us to live for him in, in his kingdom. Yeah. And so it's not just about living in a way that promotes the flourishing of others, although that is kind of a, a, a right. base point that we can begin with. Yeah. But it then becomes also about, all right, how do I help people, point people to mm-hmm. the person, Jesus Christ, the God came to earth yeah. and can help them um, make sense of who they are and why they're here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I think one, one way that I think of this is uh, through, through two, two words, yeah. idols and bread. Yeah. Idols and bread. So we'll start with idols, right? If we think about ministry, look at, look at um, the book of Acts, right? Acts yeah. 17, we see Paul, he goes into Athens and he looks around him, looks at the, the, the culture around him. Mm-hmm. And he notices that they have idols in this case, like, you know, the, the, the idols to other gods or whatever. Right. And, and that gives him an entry point to talk to the people in that mm-hmm. space. Yeah. You know, so he says, um, it, it, the, the kind of to paraphrase the scripture here, he says that he walks around Athens. He says, I noticed your objects of worship. I noticed your idols. Mm-hmm. So I would say a starting point is what are the idols in your industry, in your workspace? Yeah. And what does Paul do then? So Paul recognizes the idols. Idols ultimately represent something, something good that we're making ultimate. Right. You know, it, it's not, it's not necessarily bad things, but it's that we're putting it above God. Yeah. What are the idols in your um, industry, in your space, and how can you then point people to the way that those don't fulfill your ultimate desires, that ultimately God is the giver 
of 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 of, of all good gifts. God deserves our worship. Yeah. So that takes an awareness, a, a sense of context, an understanding of what is it that people yearn for, yeah. and how do they find it in things besides God. Yeah. So that's again the looking for the idols in your industry. And by the way, that will help you, yeah. <laughs> because as a Christian, you're Absolutely. prone to the same idolatries. You're prone, you know, to to worship things, pursue things. Mm-hmm. Uh, above God. Yeah. And so even as you're preaching to others, you'll be preaching to yourself. Totally. The second thing is bread, right? So uh, the Gospel of John, I think, is, is great in illustrating this. John 6, um, this is after you know Jesus has, has given bread to the multitudes, mm-hmm. and they come to him, and they're trying to figure out who, like, who, who is this Jesus? Right. And um, what he tells them, he says, he basically says, I know that you're coming to me not because... I did all these other miracles. You're coming to me because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Mm-hmm. Now, we can take that two ways. You can say this is an indictment on these people, but I think we can also read it as human nature, the way human nature works. These are people who had witnessed remarkable miracles from Jesus. Yeah. What is it that brought, brought them to him? They actually had bread mm-hmm. that they were able to eat. Yeah. Right? There was, it met a human need. Yeah. And so I would say... If we can recognize the human needs that people have, yeah. and again, this goes back to Genesis 1, all human beings are made in the image of God. Yeah. What, are the, what are the human needs that they have, the bread yeah. that they want? And then how can we point people to the giver of what those, those the sustainer of those needs, the giver of the gifts wow. that we would receive to fulfill those human needs? This is what Jesus says. He says, I'm the bread of life, mm-hmm. right? Like he actually takes that bread metaphor and then points people to him as the ultimate source of fulfillment anyone who hungers and thirsts he says will find it in me and so obviously you shouldn't be going around like during lunchtime being like hey you know is that meal fulfilling well let me tell you about jesus who will you know like that's that might not be the the place to do it but it's, it's more this 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 um um kind of subtle intrinsic way that you want to engage in the culture around you and find out what what is what's going on with human beings here mm-hmm. and how can how can their needs desires idolatries um be ways that i can point them to mm-hmm. jesus and the last thing i'll say is that um it's it's that that idea of bread also gets to the idea of of gifts of celebration mm-hmm. of the goodness that exists in the world even that that mm-hmm. all of us can celebrate even beyond right you know it's not just christians who experience this and, and this reflects, going back to Genesis 1, if the whole world is God's, and God said the world is very good, um, we know from Scripture, too, that that goodness persists, even in spite of sin, in spite of brokenness. If we read First Timothy, it says that everything God created is good. Mm-hmm. And so creation is good, and there are gifts given mm-hmm. to all human beings through creation that we can experience and celebrate together, Christians and non-Christians alike. In John, we see this, um, in, in the, the wedding feast at Cana, the very first miracle Jesus performs in John 2. He turns water into wine for a celebration. And now you might think this is a great opportunity for Jesus to come in and be like, hey, I'm the Messiah. I'm God. Yeah. This is, you know, look at this miracle I did. Come, come worship me. Mm. But if we read John 2, we actually see what happens is that the master of the feast doesn't even know who made the wine. It tells us that the master did not know where this wine came from. Mm. And yet he got to experience the abundance of God's goodness, despite him not knowing the giver of the gift. As Christians, we know the giver of the gift, right? right? We know the ultimate source of what is good and true Mm -hmm. in the world. 
And so we have a chance to take joys and celebrations and share them with others. And in so doing, that can be a spot for us to then mm. point people to Jesus. Again, not in the like, you know, weird, awkward way, mm-hmm. um, but but in a, in, a, in, a, in a sort of more of a, a reflection of who we really are, yeah. and and in, in a way that that hopefully would reflect an authentic life lived before mm-hmm. God that recognizes Him as a giver of all good gifts. So so you know, those are what I would say common grace ways we can relate mm-hmm. to others that aren't just about every time I relate to you I have to talk about my faith. Right. But they're about where can we share our common humanity? Where can we celebrate our mm-hmm. our, our common needs, yeah. our common joys? And in those spaces, there will be opportunities yeah. to point people to Jesus, who mm-hmm. who again fulfills our needs, um, and and ultimately is 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 the one true God that we should be worshiping. So if you're in a sports setting, um, be aware of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Be aware of your position. If you're if you're a higher up, maybe you're an athletic director, some some sort of organizational leader. Yeah, you know you probably have a responsibility to be somewhat careful about pushing too hard um, mm. in terms of evangelism, right? In a way that might cause some people who aren't Christians to feel feel you know like guilted into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you need to have a bold witness. Yeah. So it's it's navigating that balance. Now, if you're totally. maybe you're in another position where there is you know, a, a more of an openness for you to be, be out there and proclaiming it in a really bold way. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But just know that God can work yeah. through you in your position yeah. in sports, in the so-called secular setting, mm-hmm. in a variety of ways totally. that won't require just one method, but it does require wisdom. Absolutely, Paul. I really love that answer. I mean, so profound to the idols and bread ideology. I think that really gets to the heart of people, which is really where Christ can, can, draw them in. I mean, John six forty four says, uh, Jesus draws people to the Father. I mean, that's, that's the reality that we see. Um, so I think the heart condition is what we need to understand, is that we'll never get to people uh, by just our knowledge. I mean, knowledge is important. Knowledge has a ton of value. Um, but where people will truly want to come to Christ and want to bow their knee to Him is when they realize He is the bread of life, uh, that idols are futile. They are not solid foundations. But Christ is the solid foundation. He is the cornerstone. Um, and I think, you know, taking your answer from a holistic sense, I think that's what you were getting at in terms of um, really what Christ is and how we get to people uh, through ministry. I think it's huge. Um, and I think, to your point as well, I think we can share in the common grace things of, of this world, um, and that can also be a great way to just show Christ is, is living uh, the way that, that we are called to live, um, as you mentioned earlier. So really like that, Paul. It's an awesome answer. And you might have mentioned, Paul, in the last answer, um, but kind of share if, if you have some uh, more thoughts here. What are some of the most effective forms of ministry? Yeah, so I here's where I'd circle back to that that idea of um, technique. Uh, there's going to be a variety of techniques that you might use or try on. I, mm-hmm. I'd be more interested in who are you becoming. Yeah. Um, how are you growing in your faith? And this applies to whether you're in sports or not. Every single Christian. Are you in community with other Christians? Mm. Are you loving God, loving loving others as yourself? Yeah. Um, and 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 you know, thinking about that um, is sort of the starting point. Now, in terms of effective forms of ministry, then I think we can we can expand um, beyond maybe just again the. Of course, we need to proclaim who Jesus is. Absolutely. But we can think of other ways, like creating spaces. I would say 
is, is a way to think about it. Creating spaces where we meet other people as human beings and we mm -hmm. get to know them and they get to know us. And so to me, that's, that's, that is in this particular culture, mm -hmm. the best way to engage in ministry is to be authentically ourselves, let others be who they are mm -hmm. and create spaces where we can get to know each other. Yeah. And, and ultimately through that, maybe you're inviting, maybe a relationship develops, you invite mm -hmm. someone to come to church yeah. where the gospel is preached. Awesome. Um, maybe it's, maybe it's you, you're talking and, and, mm. and you're talking about your life stories and life experiences. And of course, as a Christian, you should be talking about totally. what Jesus has done in your life, yeah. not in a way that's like, Hey, now you, are, are you going to do this too? Like, you don't need to do that. But you're just yeah. saying, here's what, here's what Christ has done to me. Absolutely. Here's what, how Christ has changed me. And you're, you're planting seeds. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe, you know, you witness someone that comes to faith, mm -hmm. um, it, through a friendship that you developed, maybe it's 20, 30 years down the road. Maybe it's part of a journey that God has that person on. You don't know for sure. Yeah. But what you can do is to be faithful to the spot you're called. So creating mm -hmm. spaces where we can relate to others, we can love others, be prepared to give an answer. If people mm -hmm. are asking us, like, what are you about? What's what drives you? Yeah, that's a, that's an open opportunity Absolutely. to give an answer for the hope that is within you. So being prepared yeah. for those opportunities, I think, is really important. But then also thinking of ministry as, as doing this, you know, again, it's a James idea, doing good, yeah. not for the sake of doing good, not because it saves you to do good mm -hmm. in the world, but because as Christians, our witness yeah. to Christ is about, it's a, it's a holistic approach to how we act in the world around us. Yeah. Again, Genesis 1, the whole world is God's. God has called us to love mm -hmm. it and care for it and to cause it to flourish, Absolutely. then when we go out and do good in the world and we help the marginalized, mm. when we think about what would it look like to live in a way that encourages the fruits of the spirit to be expressed in, mm. in a particular society and culture, yeah. if, if we're thinking about how we care for those who are overlooked, who mm. have their backs against the wall, yeah. these are ways, again, by itself, those aren't going to save someone. Right. And yet they are acts that Christ has called us to do. And mm -hmm. they are forms of witness yeah. because they help to, they help others to see mm -hmm. the way that Christ calls Christians into a way of life that is selfless, that serves others, yeah. dies to self, Absolutely. that is willing to, to, to sacrificially love others, even if there's no advantage to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, even, even inviting people into a time where yeah. maybe you, you're in the community or mm -hmm. you're finding ways to give resources mm -hmm. to, to those who might need more resources. Yeah. Um, those forms of ministry really are, I, I don't think those should be separated from evangelism. Right. I think we should holistically consider evangelism in light mm -hmm. of care for the world, yeah. care for the earth, care for communities, care for people around us, yeah. which should be done through the lens of who Christ is and out of our identity in Christ, then we're able to love and serve others. Wow, Paul, I think... Tremendous points in that in that response, and I think one that really uh, hits home with me from experience is relationship. Uh, relationship has a ton of value. Um, if you don't have a relationship with somebody, you're not going to get to their heart. They're not going to trust what you're saying. It's going to be a lot harder for you to really share with them uh, what the gospel is, who Christ is, what their place is in Christ's kingdom if they choose to follow him. Um, I've even seen it from personal experience that if we try to get too particular with people in conversation, um, quickly they'll, they'll, they won't trust us if we don't have that relationship. I'll give the example. Um, I had a tough situation uh, this past summer where, where I posted my beliefs on the LGBTQ uh, plus community as a Christian on my social media pages. 
um, had somebody respond poorly to it that I did not have a relationship with, um, which made sense since they were um, really struggling with those temptations themselves. Um, so I invited her to call me on a phone, um, have a conversation about it. Um, and the conversation went fairly well. Um, but when I was ended up sharing what I truly believed on that um, and her place in the kingdom of God, if she chose to follow him, it did not land well. And I learned why it didn't land well. It wasn't because I didn't articulate it well enough. Like, oh man, what did I mess up? We had no relationship. She did not understand my heart behind it. Um, and I think just learning from that story myself, I reminded myself that it's it, it's not about uh, keen language or having this this great presentation put together. How well can I, you know, memorize this thing about the gospel? It's truly, I don't have a relationship with her, and so I just need to pray for her that somebody in her life that is close to her can come and impact her in that way. And so, trying to build real relationships with people, and then using that as an opportunity, as you said, hey, come to church with me. I love to have you. Uh, join us for Sunday worship, or hey, come to this Bible study with me. Those type of things um, I have found have, are very effective in terms of, of ministry. So I appreciate you sharing those points, Paul. I think great learning points uh, for myself and for young professionals as well. It's great stuff. Uh, lastly, Paul, uh, what encouragement would you give a young professional in the sport industry who is hesitant to do ministry? Well, hey, I would say you're, you know, you're, all of us are, are ultimately doing ministry. Um, if, if, we're, if we're Christians, if we're, if we're following Christ, we've chosen to follow Christ, um, then, then, then our lives are a form of ministry. So, so, so we're, already, we're already there. Yeah. Now, now, some of us hide it, and, and some of us uh, don't emphasize that. We don't mm-hmm. think about it consciously. Right. Um, it, our, our faith might be a sort of a, a Sunday right. faith. We go to church. We have maybe a community of Christian friends, but we're sort of mm-hmm. we're compart- yeah. compartmentalized, right? We're one person in one totally. setting, another person in another. Yeah. And look, there's there are different hats that we wear, right? We need to be adept um, oh, um, and know our context. Yep. Certain language we use here, we wouldn't use there. Right. I mentioned the example earlier, like if you are in a position of authority and you're a Christian, mm-hmm. you need to think really carefully yeah. about um, how your faith is expressed. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think I think there is a responsibility of loving totally. and caring for others totally. that would create a welcoming space yeah. so that they wouldn't, again, if they're going to come to faith in Christ, it would be through their volition and, and, and because they're compelled by a positive mm. vision and not a sense of compulsion. Right. Right. And so, so all of that, all of those things we're, 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 we're holding, um, right, right. Intention again, the ambiguity of it, but if we're already doing ministry, yeah, we're called to do it. We're following Christ. And our task then, um, is to do that in a way that, that, that reflects, uh, who God is as yeah. best as we can. Absolutely. Then every, you know, whatever space you're in, whatever job you have, um, you have a purpose behind that that transcends, you know, whatever whatever tedious uh, role that you have. And one of the things I love about USG is that so much of sports ministry historically, and I'm a historian, so that, that's what I've studied, mm-hmm. is is focused entirely on the athlete and the coach, right? Yeah. And that's the realm in which we see sports. And and honestly, that's how I, I I've often thought of sports ministry. Yeah. What USG is doing. Is, is you guys are saying, yeah, that, that's part of sports, but so is there, there's this entire industry. So is all of all these other occupations Absolutely. and roles that exist within sports. Those need to be served as well. A community of Christians need to be developed there yeah. too. Absolutely. And I think what can happen as Christians in the sports industry mm-hmm. come together, build community. I think if you start to see your task in sports, whether you're 
taking tickets, whether you're an intern, whether you're doing marketing, mm. maybe you are in a leadership, a more formal leadership position. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of tasks that aren't enjoyable, mm -hmm. that aren't glamorous, yeah. that um, you're, you're grinding, you know, behind the scenes. It seems like totally. no one is noticing. Totally. Christ gives us a purpose in that work Absolutely. that transcends whatever we may be feeling about mm -hmm. that time, Absolutely. about that moment. Christ gives us a purpose in our work that we can mm -hmm. find joy and fulfillment, a greater purpose, even in tasks that we don't like. And it's okay to not like everything we do. Yeah. Yet we can still do it for the glory of God and yeah. for the good of others. I think Absolutely. that's key as well. Ultimately, tying it back to Genesis 1, our yeah. work is supposed to be a way that we unfold what God would have happened in the world, mm. unfold the potentials that yeah. God has built into creation. And ultimately, that's about the flourishing of others. That happens through Christ. Mm -hmm. So we point people to Christ, and in and, and, and so doing, through sports, we create spaces where other people are loved, seen, cared for, and hopefully they choose to enter into um, you know, the, the Christian story. They yeah. choose to follow Christ as their Savior, where yeah. they can find a true purpose behind their own strivings in sports. Mm -hmm. So sports, it's, it's, it's such a great space, I think, yeah. to, to find meaning and purpose that transcends the scoreboard, the day-to-day, -day, mm -hmm. the tediousness of it, and, and allows you to think you know, for eternity um, with the work that you're doing. Absolutely, Paul. And I want to piggyback off what you said, I think, for our listeners, um, to your point. So many of them don't feel maybe that their role has the impact uh, that a coach or an athlete would. Um, so many of our USG members who are listening right now are in roles um, that are more manual tasks, um, equipment managers, like you said, ticket sales, marketing. Um, they're important for the organization, but it may not feel like on the level of a coach or an athlete. And I want to encourage um, our listeners that your purpose is not founded in what your organization says your purpose is founded in. It's what you said, Paul. It's, it's in what Christ has called us to be, um, our identity in Christ. We are all given a purpose as believers that is standard uh, from Christ to serve his kingdom, to be witnesses. I mean, there is no greater calling uh, than to be a servant and disciple of Jesus Christ. And I think reflecting on that daily will give us a real purpose in our jobs, in our families, in our weekend time when we're just going out to eat with friends or whatever it is. We always have that same purpose rooted in every task, uh, no matter how big or small. So I really appreciate you sharing that. It's awesome. And Paul, thank you for joining the show today. And we are praying for you as you continue to serve the Lord at Baylor. Hey, thanks a lot, Noah. It's great to, to talk with you and keep up the good work with USG. Absolutely, brother. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at uncommonsg.org. That's uncommonsg.org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every Thursday at midnight Eastern time, as well as the full video episodes on our YouTube channel. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next week.